get. Here's what I really am having a hard time understanding. You, you guys won. You guys won. Shane came out here. He admitted he had treated you guys wrong. He had given the two of you a singles match against each other at WrestleMania, the grandest stage of them all. Not only did he give you that, he was saying that he was leaving. What you guys wanted, you guys thought he was holding you down. He said, I'm gone, I'm leaving, I'm taking a leave of absence. And you know, I was here in your corner to run this show. And you guys still felt the need to assault your boss. Guys, I don't get it. And, and Shane was right. And I, I really don't want to have to do this. You're fired. But no! Kevin, no! Brian's outnumbered. He can't take down both Sammy and Kevin. Oh, oh! He sure as hell gonna try! He's not gonna back down! He is back! Daniel Bryan is back! Gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette, and with me once again, as always, is the janitor himself. He's cleaning up the messes of the masses, Josh Custodio. Justin, I have to be honest with you. Can you handle a truth bomb? I would. Uh, yeah, I think I am ready for it. I don't know how we're going to do the show this week. There's almost nothing to talk about in the world of wrestling. I don't know how we're going to fill the time. Uh, do you share in my concern? I, I'm no, I don't share that concern <laughs> at all. This is the biggest week of the year. This might be the, the biggest week of the last three years. This oh. might be the biggest week of all time, bud. As far as I'm concerned, Justin, do you remember like ten seconds ago when I told you I was going to tell you? the truth yes i was lying justin i could not be more excited to do our show this week yeah uh listen i'm let's not get into it here but uh justin wh who are we and what do we do we are a pro wrestling podcast you and i are the hashtag good friends every single week we get together and enjoy each other's company as we discuss yeah. the top three Stories in the world of professional wrestling for a maximum time limit of... 15 minutes, Justin. Which is also the length of... A WCWTV title match. Right you are, my friend. Thank and you. Of course, we like to think that every single week, those three topics are the biggest stories of the week. They, That's right. They aren't always. Sometimes we get a little niche. Yeah, sometimes it's just what we want to talk about. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, I feel like there's no risk of that at all this week. I think the biggest story is also something that we both want to talk about, Justin. And in round number one this week, a gentleman named Daniel Bryan returned to the WWE this week. He did. He was cleared for... 
contact. I, I think that's all we're going to say about it here. Yeah. we got a lot to say, Justin. And in round number two, the ultimate deletion happened to closing Monday Night Raw this week. And I know I have a lot to say about it. Justin, how about you? Uh, yeah, I really very much enjoyed it. Yep. It was kind of a... It was strange, to say the least. Sure. Uh, and and a, a very bold thing for WWE to go off the air with on Raw. Uh, but I very much enjoyed it, and we'll talk about it more in round number two. Couldn't agree more, Justin. And in round number three, Justin, I don't know if you know this, but a gentleman named Daniel Bryan returned to WWE this week. We're going to break it down and give the ins and outs of that situation. Well, Josh, that sounded exactly like what we were going to do in round number one. Baby, he gets half an hour if he wants it. Wow, wow, wow. Well, there's two different things to it address yeah, here, I think. Yeah, Justin. The first round, I think, is going to be about sort of the, the lead-up. Da- Daniel Bryan's absence and the announcement of his return and the first segment of SmackDown, yes? Yes. And the second uh, 15 minutes there is going to be about the future. What yeah. we saw set up both for WrestleMania at the end of uh, SmackDown the other night, as well as uh, where he goes beyond that. What kind of dream matches we're looking forward to now that uh, our golden boy is back. Uh, all of the possibilities that we have in store. All three of those rounds, plus uh, an engaging episode of the People segment, Sunday Night Tweet, and uh, I think that's about it for this week, Josh. Yeah, I mean, we might hear from our old friend Gil, perhaps. Oh, no, I he, heard. Don't he, think so. He hasn't stopped by yet. Yeah, no. Nope. And I think there's a lot of people who hope he does stop by. Well, there's also a lot of people who hope he doesn't. Well, I think oh, the people I... are actually becoming big fans of Gil. Oh, is that right, Gil? Oh, Joshua, you <laughs> mustn't be so pessimistic. <laughs> I'm only pessimistic about you. I'm a really optimistic person. In I general. don't know about that. You seem awful negative about old Gil, and uh, I don't <laughs> appreciately, uh, I don't appreciately take kind to it. Yeah, well, you speak as good as you look. No, that <laughs> was for sure real words there. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, all I wanted to ask was, uh, did, oh, you have a question, uh, Gil? Did you boys happen to catch my favorite weekly television show this week? What your? Uh, uh, I, I watched Raw and SmackDown. Is well, that... well uh, did you happen to catch WWE Experience? <laughs> Hang on a second. Gil, are you telling me your favorite program is WWE Experience? Yeah, that's what I told you last week, dipshit. Try and keep up. <laughs> okay, so for those of you who don't live in Canada, WWE Experience is a show that comes on before Raw and is just a highlight package of the week prior's events on WWE. It's got highlight packages, sure, but it's also got my favorite character in all of wrestling. Well, I mean, a lot of... Yeah, I mean, most characters... Okay, fine, I'll bite. Who is your favorite wrestler? My favorite wrestling character on WWE television? Well, Joshua, that yeah. could be only the lovely Charlie Caruso. <laughs> Some people love Roman Reigns. Some people love Brock Lesnar. Some people like AJ Styles. For me, I've always been a Caruso head. Charlie Caruso, how is she your favorite person? Oh, she's got sass. When she she talks about the highlight packages, sometimes she'll be like, and trust me, I was there. And and then they throw to the package, and she's in the package. So, so... (laughs) So you take her at her word, mm-hmm. uh, and so you like people who are trustworthy and beautiful. Charlie Caruso is your favorite person. Well, on- I used to like Renee Young, but okay. uh, you know, every so often a young prospect will <laughs> replace the old guard. 
And now I'm a Caruso fan. Well, Gil, thanks for uh, letting us know more about you. I know people were dying to hear some I, of your awful opinions. I can't wait to find out what member of the Shield Charlie goes on to marry. <laughs> well, and I can't wait until uh, you're off our airwaves that forever. Seems like the only path to character development for people in her role. Wow. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know, can't be Dean, might be Seth, we'll see. Well, I, I know that that's the storyline that has us all on the hook. Huh? I'm going to keep tuning in to WWE Experience <laughs> each and every week to find out. Well, uh, thanks for coming by this week, Gil. No I, uh, problem. I, Remember, uh, I live in events. And, uh, Gil, I saw uh, you started a, a Twitter account. <laughs> oh, what's that? I came back to answer your question. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, I did, Joshua. Yeah. Uh, do you want to plug that? Uh, I'm at Gil from Top Marks on Twitter. Yeah, I'm never going to follow you. And uh, go fuck yourself, Gil. Thanks for coming <laughs> out. You piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm going to – okay, well, there you go. Gail once again beating me around. Justin, oh, it's good to see you again. Yeah, I mean, I just when – the, when the man starts talking about Charlie Caruso, I've learned – Stay out of his way. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> just let him talk, you know? That's well, the best thing you can do. Yeah, I guess the best thing you can do on a podcast is let an old senile <laughs> man who thinks Charlie Caruso is the best character at WWE talk. I have to agree with you, Jamo. She's Jamo-o. so compelling. <laughs> she is not. And I'm not arguing with you anymore, Gil. Uh, Justin, I, uh, unfortunately, I have uh, some plugs we need to get out of the way. Oh, here. yeah? Yeah, we need to need to plug something. Okay, sure. Uh, so uh, for if you like this show, and after hearing Gil, I suspect you don't, uh, you can pay for <laughs> more of it. If you head over to patreon.com slash topmarks, this weekend Justin and I are going to be recording us watching uh, the first NXT TakeOver. I think it's called TakeOver Arrival. Is that yes, right? Yes, that is true. Uh, it's a hell of a show, and uh, I think we're going to do a, a nice little bonus episode about it. Which, And I think we're going to be joined by a guest, so uh, very Yeah, exciting. look forward to that. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Justin, if I uh, am living in Vancouver and it's Monday night, what should I be doing? I should be coming on down to do the penny at Commercial and Gravely because we are playing... Gil's favorite show, WWE Experience, <laughs> as well as uh, Monday Night Raw afterwards. Of course, Raw is the big draw. Yeah. But we've got wrestling on the TVs with the sound on, a recap show for last week's episodes, and then Monday Night Raw, which runs from 4 to 8 or 8.15 or so, depending on if there's overrun Yeah, uh, every single week. And we've got the sound on. We're the only bar in Vancouver doing it. And if you come on out wearing a pro wrestling t-shirt, you will get a free beer Man, on it's a, me. It's a hell of a deal. Uh, uh, Justin, from the sounds of things, just from the outside, it sounds like it is sort of getting busier there. This is sort oh, of yeah. becoming a thing, right? Oh, it's picking up steam. Hell yeah, man. Um, And yeah, I think that's it before we uh, hop into the rounds. Anything before, else you need? No, no, no. Let's, let's get right into it. There's nothing I'd rather do right now than talk about Daniel Bryan. In round number one! Round one! Fight! Ryan Lloyd Danielson. Justin, this is uh, the birth name of one Daniel Bryan, a guy who I think... uh, Truly, from humble beginnings, has gone on to change pro wrestling. Is that? I don't feel like that's hyperbolic. I think that's pretty accurate. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, uh, it's it's uh, given that he's the one who's still here. It's easy to give him full credit for the accomplishments of both him and CM Punk. Right. Yeah. But I do feel like they worked in tandem to 
change WWE and and make it the place that we know today. Yeah, I would lump uh, Evan Bourne in there in a in a really small capacity. I, I would slice that pie up with the biggest chunk going to Punk, then Brian, but a little piece for Evan Bourne too. I think they saw that like indie flippy guys could draw money with him. I always feel like he was sort of the uh, the onus for that start of things and doesn't get his due credit. A, tri- a, a, a trial balloon, I yeah. guess. Is that the best way to put <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, or we, the thing you throw into the mine, the canary yeah, into the yeah, coal the mine. Yeah, the canary in the coal mine. Uh, Unfortunately, he died, but he paved the path for other canaries who no longer died. In this case, he got caught doing drugs, <laughs> but, but uh, about the same. Uh, Justin, let's talk. Let, I'm going to start it here, okay? okay. I'm going to go back a couple years. I'm going to sure. go back to Everett, Washington, where you and I were in attendance, and we saw Daniel Bryan give his retirement speech. Yes. Uh, talk to me about that night. Uh, I I had a lot of feelings going into it mm-hmm. because Daniel Bryan is my favorite wrestler of all time. I mean, those are big words. We're we're dealing here with a guy who you're like your very favorite wrestler, the tippity top of my Mount Everest Amazing. of wrestling. Yes, yep. uh, my absolute favorite wrestler. And I was offered this ticket like the night before. Uh, Wyatt Arndt, who's the stanchion on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guy who works for ECCW. That's right. Their social media manager? Yeah, absolutely. He's in the wrestling scene here. And a guy that I knew through social media at the time on Twitter, we were talking about the fact that it was ridiculous that uh, the only house show coming to the Vancouver area at that time and the first opportunity that Vancouver was ever going to see, uh, AJ Styles, was going head-to-head with the Super Bowl on Super Bowl Sunday. (laughs) They were running an afternoon show in Abbotsford. And it's like... God, do I want to go see AJ Styles' first match in WWE in the Vancouver area? I absolutely do. Am I going to be able to do that when I'm probably working the Super Bowl? (laughs) No, I will not. Less likely. Uh, And I was bemoaning this fact on Twitter, and Wyatt just stepped in and said, I have an extra ticket. You should come with me. And, Very cool. That's a cool And it was like, like basically said, whatever you can pay for it. A guy had to bail on our trip. I had I went up paying thirty bucks Ooh, that's for pretty, for the ticket. That's very and good. That was well below market value. And then you would think market value would skyrocket the very next day when, in the afternoon, as I'm heading down to Washington for the show, uh, it is announced that Daniel Bryan will be announcing his retirement in front of his hometown crowd. Okay, I'm going to pause you there, Justin, because we're going to take the story from two different angles because we both have something there. Okay. I had gone down the night before, uh, spent the night in Seattle, and the plan was to drive back and on the way back stop in Everett for Raw. Uh, I got roll drunk on that Sunday. I was in some kind of way the night before. I wake up Monday morning very hungover. I'm pretty sure this Raw was actually in Seattle. Was it Seattle? The Everett one was a different show. Oh, yeah. That's the Brock Roman Dean one. You're right. This is in Seattle proper. Yeah, it is in Seattle. You're right. Uh, so I'm roll, roll hungover, and I remember scrolling through my phone, and uh, excited for the show that night, but not expecting much. Mm-hmm. And then I see on Twitter that tonight Daniel Bryan is announcing his retirement, and I felt like my, hung, my hangover was now the least of my problems. I was so wholly taken in by this, and now excited that I was at least going to be in the building for this moment. So I think both of you us enter this building with Pretty high expectations. High emotions also because I was devastated to read that news even though I kind of suspected it might be coming given what the last couple of years had been like for him. Uh, And and yeah, appreciative to be in the building for it. Appreciative to have been on TV during the Yeah, ceremony. you're, you you're openly me, weeping. You can see me multiple times, like, openly crying <laughs> in the crowd as they cut to two guys in our section with, like, thank you, Daniel, signs in the audience. Uh, 
Well, hang on. I got to jump in here. Lest somebody shit on you for that. I want to be clear. I cried in this arena, too. Oh, I'm not, there's not a dry eye in the house. Bud. Okay, good. I just wanted to – I've seen you take some heat for the tears on Twitter. I'm there alongside J-Mo. Well, on I one. cry about Daniel Bryan more than I cry probably about anything. You can put on <laughs> that monster video package from WrestleMania. I'll probably cry four times while watching <laughs> the waterworks. Just, the, just the video package. So, Justin, we enter the building. You're emotionally charged. I, to be clear, just set the stage, I like Daniel Bryan a great deal. I don't have the, the connection. I think maybe you to Bryan is what Punk is to me, maybe. Yes. Uh, but I think both of us also recognize how good CM Punk and Daniel Bryan are in reverse as well. Absolutely. Um, so I think we're both very, very ready for this. And then he comes out and he announces his retirement. Uh, this felt at the time sort of seismic for WWE, I thought, because he, he seemed very obviously, you know, at, even at that as recently as at that Mania winning the IC belt, as just your most over guy. Yeah. Losing that is a problem, and I think has felt like a hole in WWE since to some degree. Because he's never abandoned the spot, you know? No. Even, even like, we're two years removed from his retirement and nearly three years removed from his last match in the ring, uh, which was a, a tag team match with John Cena against right. uh, Cesaro and Tyson Kidd. Right. Which wow. Was, this was April 8th three years ago. Okay. So, coming up on the three-year anniversary of his yeah, last match here. In fact, WrestleMania itself, I think, is the eighth, isn't it? You're correct about that. Takeover's the seventh. Yeah, eighth is uh, Mania. So, it'll be exactly wow. three years since his most recent match. That's really cool. When that comes around. Um, and, and just given the way things had gone for him, it wasn't the biggest surprise, but obviously, like... It was a, it was real, and and like everything about him, I think, like this is what makes Daniel Bryan special: is that pro wrestling is at its best when it is successfully blurring the lines of reality and fiction. Of course, yeah. And it doesn't have to do that with Daniel Bryan because, like, Daniel Bryan is not a character who I am invested in. Daniel Bryan is a person who I'm invested in. Ah. It wasn't, it wasn't scripted. It wasn't a fake thing. It was real when. You know, fans demanded that he win the title at WrestleMania, and we got what we wanted. The win, the the wishes of the fans outweighed the whims of Vince McMahon, yeah. which almost never happens. That was real. That wasn't supposed to happen. It was real when within 15 days he went from winning the title at WrestleMania to marrying Brie Bella to losing his father. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was real when he went out on Raw the very next day, like within hours of learning of his father's passing, and had to t to talk about that. It was real when he discussed it on national TV. It was real when two weeks after he came back from bereavement leave to mourn his father's death, he suffered a neck injury, which like cost him his championship. Which he had just won. They stripped the belt off of him for injury reasons. That was real. It was real when he was out for the better part of a year after that and then came back and suffered a concussion and had to surrender another belt for injury reasons for the second time. That's it, the IC title in, with a, in a year. Up. Yeah, absolutely. It was real when all of these things happened. It was real when he gave his, uh, his retirement speech. It was real when he returned last night. You know, Daniel this Bryan is, is real. This is what makes Daniel Bryan like a cut above for me. Like I, I love pro wrestling and I love storylines and all that stuff. 
Daniel Bryan, when he speaks, is somehow able to filter all of his, like, storyline information through the prism of reality. And it it refracts in a way where I know it's fake, but it feels grounded and it feels more uh, interesting and something that I can invest in beyond the typical pro wrestling story. Daniel Bryan is grounded in, in so many ways, both in a lot of his offense, but also in, like, he seems grassroots. He seems everyman. He seems like everything that they can't build. You know, when they tell you this guy's an underdog, Daniel Bryan, you believe that more than I think most other wrestlers. Because because all of all the things that they said about him on the road to WrestleMania when he won the title were all the real things they felt about him. That's right. You're a B-plus player. You're too ugly to be You're the short. face of this company. You're short. You're scrawny. You're not good enough. And ultimately, it seemed like maybe, you know, that they were, were, were doing this for your own protection. We're not giving you the guy that you want to protect you from their wishes. When he had to retire, it seemed like Triple H was right. In some ways, which is the most heartbreaking thing of that story. Yeah, when you look at that, uh, the Philly Rumble that Reigns won and Wyatt eliminates Daniel early and everyone's so mad, but if they know that he's all messed up and he can't, that just puts them in a very tough situation as far as it goes with Daniel Bryan. I think it's very worth noting, though, when he arrives, uh, like NXT era Daniel Bryan, he's not the guy you see in front of you now. For whatever amount of people want to say, like, he was held down and this sort of thing. He arrived at WWE as an elite-level in-ring talent and somebody who came across extremely uncomfortable holding a microphone or having to get a character across. Yeah. Whereas if we can touch a little bit on last night's return, I, I looked over, I was watching with Brock very quite late at night, and I looked over and I go, did Dan O'Brien just like cut the promo of the year and of his career? Like He returns to us, and now I think at the tail end of his title, or really the tail end of his career up to this point, yeah. he had really come along. But I think the GM role really has helped him well, grow as a mic talent. He found his voice as himself. Yeah, right. Right? Like Because he also realized, I don't have to play a character anymore. When I speak to the fans, I get to say what I really, truly feel about all of these things. And... That was even true of, like, nothing could be more true of his role on Talking Smack. Oh, like, yeah, he, wow. He, on SmackDown Live as the GM, he is going about his business and doing all of these storyline things. And not all of them might make perfect sense from a character motivation perspective. But he could go on Talking Smack and try to find a motivation, like, somewhere. He could try to fit everything that was going on in the show within the reality of himself, also. Yep. He was very, very good at that. And also, like, he was a guy who straight up just wanted to be fired. Yeah. Because he wanted to wrestle more than he wanted to be employed by WWE, and they weren't going to let him out of his contract to do that. So he had the nonchalance and the the kind of devil-may-care attitude of somebody with nothing left to lose, which let him make fun of the product and be as honest and scathing as the fans want to be totally. of the product in a way that someone like Peter Rosenberg never, ever yeah, will be. Opposite. I, I think it's really worth noting that working in concert with that, and I totally agree, but I think what also really helps him is Daniel Bryan has a bit of Seinfeld factor going for him, where people, the going out on top, Helped him retain some sort of quality with the crowd. People still wanted more. They feel like they didn't get to see the full cycle of Daniel Bryan. He went out at the peak. And I think this helped him retain some overness that other guys can't really do. He, Daniel Bryan's pop the last two years as uh, SmackDown GM 
is always massive. Like, people are always super happy to see him. And this makes him stand out from other wrestlers. I'm really curious to see how much he can retain for this, being an active competitor. Because right now, at least if last night is to be any piece of evidence, I'm not willing to say he has, like, that stone-cold level of overness. He's not there. But he definitely is over to the point where... The crowd is with him on anything he does. Anytime he needs them to react in a way, he can go to them and they're 100% there for him. And that is rare as hell in today's WWE climate. I wrote something on his comeback. Go. I don't know where it's going to come out. Sure. Uh, it might be on my own blog. It might be somewhere big. We'll see. Uh, but one of the things that I wrote about was all of the people who had come along to try and take that top spot since he was forced out of action. Hit me with and some names. Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and Samoa Joe, Shinsuke Nakamura, all guys with similar backgrounds to Brian who all had the crowd behind them in one form or another, whether booing or cheering, during runs at the top of the card. And each of them is kind of this embodiment of the indification of WWE wrestlers for whom the success of uh, Brian and Punk like undoubtedly opened the door for them. Sure. You also have WWE's own list of kind of corporate-approved chosen ones in the post-Brian era, and that's Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman, Bill Goldberg, Triple H, Shane McMahon, Sheamus. Oh, yeah. And, like... That Sheamus World title run. <laughs> set like, the world on fire. Every single one of those guys in that three-year span has disappointed us in some way. Yeah. Because they all have their charms and strengths as performers, but they are all playing characters on television, characters who cannot always overcome the quality of their writing because they are just wrestlers on a TV show. Daniel Bryan never had to do that because he was real. He was Daniel Bryan. He was Daniel Bryan that whole time. And I'm sure if he had been an active wrestler during that stretch, he might have had some stretches in there where there wasn't a lot going on with him maybe or like his character hit a rut. I'm sure that would have happened. But like you said, because he was kind of out of the game, we don't think about him in those no. terms. We just savor every second that we get to watch him on TV. And I think he can retain that for a while. I think people are going to be... Oh, this next year is going to be the first time in each of these towns that you're seeing Daniel Bryan wrestle in that town. And so I think he's going to retain at least for a year, an insane level of overness, which I'm, I'm very excited to see. One last question for you in this round. Hit me. Does it cheapen his retirement to have him come back now? Oh, stop I it. Know. I, don't, stop I don't believe it. in this either, but it's a question we received. Uh, who are these? Listen, if you think that, go home. What, what are you talking about? Here's the thing. You cannot take from me the feeling in that building when he retired. It doesn't change the past that this happened now. No, not like, at all. Like Chuck Klosterman said about Billy Joel's love songs, it doesn't change anything to know that he broke up with all those women after the fact it was true at the time tell him madman and we will go from there into uh i don't i guess like i guess just round number two yeah well, well hang on maybe we could do some uh witty banter here or something yeah here here i'm gonna i'll ask you a question okay sure Hey there, JMO. What, what do you think about the weather? Uh, it's it's been good lately. And with that, let's move on to round number two. <laughs> round two, fight. Hey, Justin. Hi. Ah, uh, yes. 
Welcome. No, do he you, doesn't talk like that. Do you know who I just did an impression of? Was it uh, Matthew Hardy, the vessel? Correct, Justin. The you vessel are himself. Indeed, you are indeed the wrestling pariah still, Justin, because it was Broken Matt Hardy. Yes. Broken Matt, Justin, had sort of his uh, coming out party on Monday, I think it's safe to say, at least as uh, the WWE's concerned. Yeah, they really celebrated the full form of the character. That's right. This was their uh, first, I think, since the House of Horrors uh, out-of-arena match, and thank God it didn't end up back in the arena. I think my thoughts last week. Didn't even play it on the screen in the arena. What? If you went to Raw, you did not get to see that. That was for TV only. In the building, they did a squash match of Ronda Rousey versus Dana Brooke. What? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, this is crazy. What Pe- People who were live saw Ronda Rousey wrestle Dana Brooke? Yes. What the fuck? People what? in the building did not get to watch the ultimate deletion. I- I'm more... Pro- like, Ronda, did she do moves? I, th- I think so. Or is there... Like, somebody must have taken a cell phone video. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but... I've got to look this what, up. That's what they saw in the arena. They did not get to watch the match. Dana Brooke is Ronda Rousey's first in-ring opponent? Apparently so. Wow, is that ever weird? Yeah. Why would they do that? I get that it's not a good like live event, but why are you giving away Ronda? That, I don't know. This seems because weird. they promised a Ronda appearance at the show. Okay. And they only had a video package, which so, was clearly filmed during them like mapping out the match in full at a training facility. That know? seems pretty clear to me. Uh, <laughs> also, yeah, I was like, oh, okay, I see what's going on here. Um, well, okay, let, let's see. I do want to touch more on this Ronda Dana Brooke thing, but no, I guess we'll, I guess fine. we'll move on. Uh. Matt Hardy finally gets a chance to to showcase what made him so popular in TNA at the the tail end of his run there, which was these out of arena shot completely differently at the Hardy compound matches, which I guess we're just going to call the deletions. Yeah, and the full cast of characters also, yeah, which is important here. Rabbi to the children. I think Wolfgang is a relatively new addition. Yeah, here. the baby, Senor Benjamin. Senor Benjamin, and uh, and people were asking me at the bar, like, is that really his family? And I was like, yes, it is. That's his wife and father-in-law. That's his father-in-law. Those are his children. That's his wife. And like that ends. <laughs> that lends it like a form of genuine authenticity oh. and pleasure that is kind of. Uh, like uh, extra also because no. like you can you can see like how proud and how happy he is to be involving his whole family in this. I think to say that it lends it something extra almost doesn't give it the credit. I feel like that is the whole thing that the the Hardy family like he is this weird guy and then you go back to his compound and he's basically the Adams family and they have the natural <laughs> chemistry and when you walk onto the Hardy estate you're walking into another world and I yeah. think that only works because of the can you imagine if they had to, like, cast Rebby Hardy's role here with, uh, like, but somebody like, on the roster? You know that, like, 20 years ago they would do that. You I know? think two years ago they yeah, would do that. Absolutely. I, I think I think with anybody but Matt Hardy they would do that. I and, mean, and it's so special, too, because you you know that, like, Rebby is just as much a creative force on these things as Matt is. Yeah. For, She's filming a lot of that's it. That's right. She did original compositions on piano for the whole thing, mm-hmm. including a piano cover of Bray Wyatt's theme, which was so good. What a great call that was. There were so many, like, small good calls. Oh, in case this isn't clear. I loved the ultimate I also deletion. Did I, I don't. It. I don't think I can say I liked it as much as when I saw the very first final deletion, just it, because it was so. The the first one had kind of like a kinetic energy to it. That's right. Uh, like a student film almost, where you can feel yeah, the like excitement that. of everyone making the thing that they're making. Yep. Whereas this was a little more polished and almost to its detriment. You know. Uh, yeah, somewhere in between the. T- and this is very nitpicky to be yeah, clear. Yeah, I loved end. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to be one hundred percent clear about that. But I saw some people saying. Oh, it's not as good as the the TNA ones. Eh. 
I, I think it's not maybe as good as the final deletion, but the Great War's last 10 minutes take place in the arena, and it's not very good besides, like, the Jeff spot off the ladder. And then um, the there's final deletion... Um, the leader decay, I think, is the the leader decay, and then the there's another one. Shoot, um, uh, the Great War. I don't know. There's... The the one that was the whole episode of TNA at the the compound. Oh, total nonstop. Total deletion. nonstop deletion. I, I think it was better than than all of those except for the first one. In in my opinion, I I think that it was. It was exactly the right length, which I think really played to it. I was really nervous, obviously, because with like. You know, 10 minutes left to right. go in the runtime of this show. We still haven't seen Ronda, which mm-hmm. has been promised all night, and we haven't even started the ultimate deletion. So I was nervous that either this was going to be a joke squash, basically, that oh. was going to end immediately, or, like, or it was going to be like five minutes and just like not given the kind of time that it needed to be as good as it could be. Yeah, I hadn't really kept track of like how far into the show it was, and you text me being like, is this going to be like two minutes? And I looked at the clock, and I had a, a similar thing to you, and I was uh, terribly nervous. Le- I'd like to talk about some of the things that uh, – obviously, we think Matt Hardy was great here, but but I really think Bray Wyatt was the right dance partner in this moment. What do you think about Bray throughout this? It's sad that this is kind of the end of his character. Is that how you're taking it? Because it was kind of the best use of him. Oh, like, I in f- ages. I feel like the, the, the Bray Wyatt character, the problem has always been – how serious it is. Yeah. If you in- inject the kind of silliness that a Matt Hardy has, or even that a Cody Rhodes has, you know? Like, sure. Because Cody is, like, a serious character a lot of the time, but as we've talked about, there's kind of, like, an anime... Over the top. Or, like, Batman villain sort of vibe to yep. him as well. And, like, that's what has made brave so stale and dour and boring over the years despite the fact that i am very much a fan of him as a performer uh is the fact that like it's so rigid and serious it never gets to poke fun at itself it never gets to evolve out of this like super serious villain bog monster state you know well and i think a real problem with that is that guys always want to look strong literally only dean ambrose and xavier woods i can think of on the main roster i should say who actually sell like they're scared of bray wyatt like those are literally the only two guys who seem to have like any sort of reverence for his uh, backwoods black magic and whatnot the rest all seem to act like no greater example of this than randy orton at mania when bray you can say whatever you want about the worms appearing on the mat and how dumb that looked but Randy Orton acted like it didn't happen. Yeah, he acted like there was no change. I, I only—he's best when people, again, only Dean and Xavier Woods are responding to this super weird guy. And I think Matt Hardy, in a totally different way, is responding to what Bray Wyatt is. But Matt Hardy sees him as uh, an equal in some capacity, somebody who's as twisted as him. Maybe somebody he could use, which is where I, I still maintain I think this is going. Yeah. So maybe the character comes back in a tweaked version as like a subservient. Uh, partner of Matt Hardy in much the same way that like Brother Nero. Brother Nero was. I, I think that's what you're going to see. I see a lot of, because Bray Wyatt tweeted just goodbye the night that this happened, which I thought was a, a brilliant uh, touch on all of it. But I saw a lot of people being like, oh, okay, he's going to be repackaged and reintroduced as not Bray Wyatt or Husky Harris, but a new use for uh, Mr. Rotunda. I forget Bray's real name. Um, I think it's Wyndham. I, yeah, I think that's right. Uh, or no, wait, is that the old man? No. Anyway, it's... Uh, but I, that wasn't the sense that I was left li- with after Bray was dumped into the Lake of Reincarnation. What about you? Uh, th- that he was going to come back as Husky Harris or a different character? I did think he was just going to pop right out in like a neck I shirt. did think he was going to come out as Husky Harris. And the yeah. fact that it wound up being like his death moment is uh, is different, you know? Yeah. But 
I I I do think he'll be on the show next week. I don't think you because like yep. the show went off the air with Matt instructing Senor Benjamin to like find his pull his yeah. body from the lake. Exactly, and that's why I took it as it is. There's, like, okay, there's no way that he's not going to be on the show next week. I, I could see them taking one week off and like re-debuting. But he has to be involved in the Mania plans, and like we are running out of time here. You yeah, know? that's an interesting. I'll be curious to see if he's on the show next week. But but I I do want to say that I love the idea of you can't overdo these deletions. But I if if the Lake of Reincarnation is going to be this like final thing, like if you get dunked in there. Something's gonna happen to you. That's wonderful for the Matt Hardy character. Like that, he should only ever wrestle at these deletions. Then give them a huge feel. It's not like he's lighting the ring, the world on fire in singles matches on TV. It's so Paul Heyman to just turn down the weaknesses and crank the strengths. And as far as I'm concerned, the Lake of Reincarnation should be like an F5, and these final deletions should be seen as like important things where seismic changes happen. And like we talked about a couple weeks ago, it should be. Not like a regular thing. No, 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 no. Like I like the fact that this feud was so long. Definitely. You know? Like it's it felt like a, a curse when we were halfway through it. And now, but like you need to earn this moment. I need to feel like this is a blood feud between two men who have no choice but to you know delete each other. I, 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 oh, exactly right. Like if, it if, has to come to if this. If they skip to this within like a month or a month and a half of entering into this feud when the feud hadn't really found its footing yet, none of this would have had the impact, pardon the pun, yeah. that it's supposed to. Well, no, it would feel it would feel like Hell in a Cell does now where it's just like, oh, it's that that time of year. This is we do Hell in a Cell whereas this felt like they need to delete. Uh Justin, where can Matt Hardy go from here? What who can be do you see a potential next partner for the next ultimate deletion? Uh I mean, the demon Finn Balor yeah. is probably uh, c- c- considering he is trying to wage war against kind of like elder gods like celestial entities sure. and and like people who are inhabiting vessels basically right uh it seems like finn would be a natural choice yeah it seems like you're basically picking between i think like finn kane kane would would be great too that, I, I think kane's the move to be honest because i don't think i think kane and matt hardy are both in a tier where they're not going to have good live matches let these guys have some fun. Kane doesn't need wins. Undertaker could be in the Kane deletion. Can you, you know? imagine? Like, I, I don't know that I necessarily want to see a Matt-Undertaker feud if if Undertaker still is not retired after this year's WrestleMania. No, but what if he appeared like Jeff Hardy did at the end of this one? Yeah, no, it'd be perfect. Like, so I, I think there's a, there's a lot of legs for this. I, I think it's very important that they keep these on TV. I don't want pay-per-views with these on it because I think it's too big of a break in like what's supposed to be a no-angle, all-action show. I think as main eventing of Raw, you can do this four times a year and I'm going to be into it each time. Yeah. No, I think that's absolutely correct because Raw does need things to make it feel special every so often. And having this to look forward to throughout the entire show on Monday made it feel like a special show. Totally. The I, fact that we kept going to the Hardy compound and he's oh. communing with the spirit of General George Washington. In a giraffe. And who's the, now in the form of a giraffe. Oh, my gosh. You love carrots just as much as I love <laughs> green beans. <laughs> what what Each of these, lit, what were there, three of them uh, leading up to the ultimate deletion? Yeah, they were all short. Uh, but, but they built the world. Okay, forget, it, forget about this Matt Hardy stuff for a second, okay? Just... Can we have more of those for feuds in general? 
like just throughout the show, little segments that like tell you something about the character. And I don't mean a backstage interview that we've seen a zillion of. Just something where you see a guy in their element. I thought this did more for Matt Hardy than any single thing since they've returned. These three little dumb videos. Better than a promo. Better than almost anything. Like just these short things where you see a guy in their environment. It makes them feel so full and to life and rounded. Show us Dean working on a car or something. You know, like just in these different environments, it's so fresh and stands out to me. Did you feel like there were too many references to things that hmm. weekly WWE viewers might not understand? I could like Vanguard One was not really established yeah. very well. So I, I mean, it's easy to tell what it is as the match goes on. You know, this is a really good question. I hadn't really considered that. I, I think they probably know who they're playing to with these. But yeah, I think that could maybe be a critique of it. It didn't. I wasn't bothered by it as somebody who did catch. I think all of it. But but yeah, I could see that as a complaint. Maybe it wasn't the best introduction to the broken world. Like Rebby doesn't get an intro or anything. I I could see that. Or Senor Benjamin, but oh my god, when, when they revealed the boat and he was singing, he's got the whole, I should say singing in air quotes, where yeah. he basically goes, he's got the whole world in his hands. <laughs> it, I was dying. I thought that was so funny. Uh, There's something almost like David Lynchian about these segments. I mean, I don't know about something. I mean, I feel like they Very are David Lynchian. So, yeah. When they pull up to the they gate. They exist in like a nightmare reality. They did like a, a slow zoom onto the gate with an H on it at the beginning yeah. and all I could think was this looks exactly like Twin Peaks like it, it's like Twin Peaks meets the room meets wrestling I think is sort of how I view it I don't know that's a perfect description it's but, but there's just something about it that works whether it's just because it breaks the format so much I, I, I'm looking forward to the next one of these and as somebody who I don't count myself as a big Matt Hardy guy I can't wait to see where he goes from here and that, that's about as big of a compliment as I could pay something do you feel like that WWE doesn't really believe in it though because like, Michael Cole apologized before it went on the air. Yeah, it's not attached to the Hulu version of Raw, despite the fact that it's the main event of Raw. Ah, it's just a, a weird thing. And I I know that, like, uh, Matt's on Twitter calling out Vince McMahon. Is he like, really? They're making it into a storyline that, like, Vince might not like these things, basically. It's part of the story. Oh. So I don't know if it's a work or if the company just, like, is not sure what to make of this. I mean, I could understand both of those being true. I guess it remain, uh, remains to be seen. Uh, do Are there ratings in? Like, do we know if it did any? I have, I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, I suspect that they're going to be numbers-driven like everything else there. Like, if it, if they saw the needle move, which I'm super curious to see. Uh, yeah, I guess the, the trick is to see how much of the audience was sustained into the third hour that's right yeah because like you would think brock being on the show probably a bigger draw than mm -hmm. than the ultimate deletion itself but how many people stuck around at this point in the week we don't know that unfortunately folks we'll have to wait and, and see. see yeah and <laughs> 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 it's a good way to eat four seconds <laughs> justin the round is over do you know what time it is it is time for the people's segment. Oh, no, it no. is time. It's 3.28. Oh, okay. But is it also time for the people's segment? Tell them, JMO. Is it time for Sunday Night Tweet? Justin, you know it is, and indeed you are correct. Uh, every week, Justin, in case you don't know the rules to Sunday Night Tweet, I'll explain them right here. Every week I scour Twitter.com, the website, and I look through the Twitter accounts of active members of the WWE roster. So these are people who are uh, active wrestlers. And uh, I search for their tweets for something... Uh, funny or weird or askew, anything that sort of catches my attention. I then read that tweet aloud to Justin, and based off of very little information, poor Justin has to try and guess who the tweeter in question is. Now, I went a perfect 5 for 5 last week, and we were going to flip the game this week, 
by having me pick the tweets. Oh. And uh, have you guess them. But unfortunately, we forgot about that. I totally forgot. And that's <laughs> fine, because I forgot too. But uh, I think I might not have as much luck this time around as I did last week. Luck is for losers, Justin. I think you're going five for five on this one, oh, too. Oh, hell yeah. Let's see if I can do it. Here's the first tweet for you, Justin. And it reads, Saying goodbye to the ring was one of the hardest moments of my life. But thanks to the amazing people supporting me, I was able to keep fighting for my dream. This moment feels surreal, and I'm glad to be able to talk to you all at the beginning of SmackDown Live tonight. This could only be one person. Who is it, JMO? There was one man who was cleared from the uh, injured reserve list this week. Tell me who it who, is. Who surprisingly gets to make his in-ring return, a moment we never thought would come, at least not so soon. And that is Big Cass. No. <laughs> no, no. Well, that is one of the funniest things that's ever happened in wrestling. Oh, On the same day that Daniel Bryan Cass. announces he's back, Big Cass is like, uh, I also got medically cleared. I'm also allowed. <laughs> it's like no one gave a fuck. <laughs> poor, poor. Yeah. I heard Big Cass is back too. <laughs> no one cares. Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> Justin, who wrote this tweet? It's Daniel Bryan. Justin, it is Daniel Bryan. Do, do you know why I put him in here this week? Uh, because he's the he's just the best. Justin, this is the first week that he's eligible for Sunday Night Tweet. Oh my goodness, yes. He is an active member of the WWE roster again. I figure I had to put him in. I knew you would get this one. Well chosen. But Daniel Bryan is indeed this week an active member of the WWE roster, and that feels worth celebrating. And you are one for one heading into our second tweet. Are you ready, Justin? I sure am. Uh, Justin, this is, uh, uh, you know, one of the quote tweets that the kids love. Okay. But I don't think you need to know what the, the tweet is. Okay. All you need to know is that it's in a separate language, okay? Okay. And here's what the tweet says. Je m'appelle, I don't speak in yes espanol, hen. I don't speak in Espanol. Hang on, I'll try and, and read. I, I'm going to read it verbatim this time. Okay. Je m'appelle. I don't speak Espanol. Hen. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, this is going to be one of two people. Because tweet number two is always one of two people. Yeah, who, who are the two people? And that is the Scottish supernova Noam Dar. Yep. And the Blitz and Trapper Sarah Logan. <laughs> That's right. Uh, that's my own personal nickname for her. I thought it was Sexy Amelia Earhart. That, the, she's that too. <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't have the same ring to it, it as, really as doesn't. the Blitz and Trapper. I agree. Uh, <laughs> now, who calls people hens, though? I feel like that was Noam. I feel like it was Noam who called people hens. That that was some kind of Scottish slang. But also, I could see that being part of Sarah's southern draw as well. So I'm in a real tough situation here. Would you like me to read it again? Yes. Je m'appelle. Ah, don't speak Espanol, hen. So you've got three languages at work here. I do. And the Spanish is screwing everything up too. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what? No, I'm going to go with Sarah Logan. Just because the first time you read it and I got a little bit of it on that last time too, I feel like you put a little bit of Southern stank on it. Even okay. though... Even though I'm saying full well right now, I think it was Noam Dar who was calling people hens. So who is your guest, Justin? Sarah Logan. Justin, it is not Sarah Logan. Uh, it is the Scottish supernova. Fuck. Noam Dar. His words ring through the ages. My streak is broken. Uh, Justin. That's uh, tragic. I think I have some bad news for you. What? That makes you a hen. Uh, of course. <laughs> Are you ready for the third tweet this week, Justin? Yeah, I, sh I knew it was Noam. I even said... <laughs> Fuck me. 
All right, let's hear it. Tweet number three. They'll tell you not to try, not to dream, not to be yourself, that you're not enough. And you'll teach them that you work harder, can do better. To be you is the best thing you can be. And I'm going to WrestleMania and winning. Uh, just from pure storyline perspectives uh, and just the kind of sentiment of that tweet in general. Yep. And the storyline that she is riding into the grandest stage of them all. I'm going to guess that that was Nia Jax. Holy shit, Justin. I did not expect you to get that one. It is Nia Jax. Uh, I tweeted from the Top Marks account this week. You can complain about like the mean girls nature of this storyline being like reductive as far as women's stories go. The fact that Nia is going to be crowned as a babyface champion winning the title for the very first time at WrestleMania... Uh, it's going to be a hell of a moment. Yeah. And also going to feel like a hell of a moment for me as someone who for a fucking year now <laughs> has been pounding the drum that Nia Jax is going to be better served as a babyface than a monster heel. Well, there you go. So, And you know her tweets. Vindicated. I mean, you're looking pretty good. Yeah. Justin, the fourth tweet this week reads as follows. Are you ready? I'm ready. Over the moon to find out that Mark Henry is being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Mark is the reason that I'm a WWE superstar, and I'll forever be thankful and indebted to him for putting his name on the line to get me a look. Hashtag, thank you, Mark. Huh. Can I take this opportunity to just talk about Mark Henry for a second? Absolutely. Uh, I love Mark Henry. Uh, th- th- that that uh, video package that played on Monday... That it, gave you some Daniel Bryan emotions. It, I was not expecting it. I was very choked up during that, because I, I can remember a time where... where Mark Henry being getting pushed at the time over D'Lo Brown just seemed like insane to me. Like I, I didn't understand it. Um, it was like I don't, I don't really see it in Mark Henry. Like he seemed just kind of off. And then something shifted. I our friend Jordan Deshawn and I have talked about this a lot around the same time. Like I think like just before the Hall of Pain, he just became this guy I loved. Like I, I don't know what it was. So they serioused him up. They serioused him up, and I feel like he could headline a class of the Hall of Fame. Am I insane? Uh, yeah. If anything, I like regret that they did not do this. Yeah. When WrestleMania was in Texas a couple years ago. That's me too, man. Because that was kind of the place to do it. It felt like now they announced it in Dallas, so that kind of helps, I guess. I thought he was going to win the Andre that year in Texas. Yeah, I f- I felt like they're going to do something with him, and clearly, like he's not actually done. Like he himself has said. That like it's I'm in a Ric Flair situation where yeah. like I'm always gonna be around, you know. And I hope he is for for a long time to come. But Justin, anyway, b- back to the tweet. Thanks for indulging me there. No Over problem. the moon to find out Mark Henry is being inducted into the hashtag WWE Hall of Fame. Mark is the reason I am a WWE superstar, and I'll forever be thankful and indebted to him for putting his name on the line to get me a look. I'm gonna guess that this is someone from Texas. I don't think so, but I don't know that. I would. I just would think that it would be someone in his like local scene that he would have heard about. Huh. The reason that I am a WWE superstar. I. I mean, the people that he would inspire. I would think would be like Big E, basically. Big guys. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I'll, I'll. I'll give you a hint here. He's a. He's a large fella. Uh. And I guess it might be somebody from like the weightlifting world. Would might be somebody on. Uh, on on Mark Henry's uh, radar as well, given that he's still actively involved in that. Uh, that seems you can't you can't confirm or deny. I, I don't know, but that uh, that seems yeah, that seems like a decent. I don't know. Memory. My my two gut instincts here are Biggie 
and Braun Strowman. So what? Okay, well, I don't know, really know what hints I can give you here. Well, no, but I'm, you, ju- you, I'm just. Uh, I'm gonna go with Braun Strowman because, yeah, I, he, somebody coming out of the weightlifting world would probably be not just somebody that Mark Henry would be aware of to recommend. Yep. That he would probably see at some kind of like when he was doing when he got inducted into the thing by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, the International Sports Hall of Fame. Yeah, or like something. He's probably still tapped into his old sport, and it would probably be an inspiration to someone in that world to have already seen somebody come out of it and have a successful transition as a monster wrestler. So your guess is? Braun Strowman. Justin, you're three for four, baby. This is a weird episode of Sunday Night Tweet because the only one you've gotten wrong is the one I is, is the second slot, which I think is usually like the, the one in the pocket for you. Yeah. But, Justin, we're moving on to the fifth tweet, and, and I think we both know what that means. It's your favorite tweet of the week. It's my favorite tweet of the week, Justin, and it is a quote tweet that the kids love. But here is a, rare, a rarity. The tweet being quoted is also a member of the active WWE roster. So, uh, Sami Zayn tweets, Welcome back, Daniel Bryan. I hope you can live with yourself after firing two of the best wrestlers alive and two guys you've known for 14 years. That is, once you're discharged from the hospital. (laughs) So Sami Zayn tweets that, and an active member of the WWE roster quotes it and says, We need more than just plain wrestlers in WWE. We need superstars. (laughs) What a weird... What a weird response. <laughs> this is somebody not sad that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are fired. They they need more than just wrestlers. They're just plain wrestlers. Yeah, well, that's because because uh, in Sami Zayn's tweet, he refers to him and Kevin as two of the best wrestlers alive. Oh, right, alive. right, right. And so the thing is that they're not referring to themselves as superstars. That's right. Yes. It's a, it's a very funny tweet. <laughs> Fuck, who would write this, though? Um, Somebody... Doing some ball busting. They're on the. He's on the same show as. Uh, so SmackDown Live. That's right. Roster member. Um, I don't know. I would expect like more uh like exclamation points and emojis perhaps if it was this person. Okay. But but the one person who's really like taking the piss out of the terminology of WWE okay. of late on Twitter in particular, uh, is the man who said. Land of opportunity, my hashtag Rusev day. <laughs> I'm going to guess Rusev. Justin, four for five. Oh Happy my Rusev God. day. It is Rusev. <laughs> Fuck, I, I blew it so bad. God damn it, I could have gone five for five back to back. That's crazy. Yeah, this is the worst Rusev day ever. Oh, fuck me. I think you still did really well, J-Mo. Well, I'm happy that you're proud of me. No, I'm always proud of you. Oh, thanks, man. And I'm going to continue being proud of you in, in round, round number three. Round three. Fight. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. Justin, do you know what that was? Yes. 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 Yes! yes! Justin, do you know what that's an impression of? No! No! <laughs> no! Justin, it's, no. An, it's an impression of my living room last night when Daniel Bryan started drop kicking Sami Zayn. Okay. Uh, I don't know the last time. I guess Gargano Almas would have been the last time that my, my living room got as uh, electrified. But Oh, we were screaming during uh, that match. Absolutely, we were. Uh, but, but last night, it caught me by surprise. And we'll get back to the promo in a little bit. But I want to talk about the, the ending here. Just seeing Daniel Bryan's back hit 
hit the mat and him get in some offense. What was the Justin Morissette response to this happening? Uh, the bump or him doing the drop kick? Let's start with the bump. It was tough to watch. Now, I felt that Sammy was actually very gentle on him. Him and Owens both. There were multiple times when, like... You know, he went into like a sort of Thez press situation. Barely hit him. They, but they very gently kind of like lowered him to the ground. Owen's super kick to very clearly his chest. Yeah. <laughs> like, but but it, this is not complaining about the segment at all. I'm just saying no. they were both taking good the, the right But it still looked fast enough, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it still was at a speed where it's, it wasn't like. Oh, this is clearly fake. They're going easy on this guy. You you could see if you were looking for it the way that they were kind of like letting him down easy in places. But I mean, he still took the fucking apron power bomb like oh, a madman. Well, and here's why I see a lot of people on on the top mark Twitter feed being like, "It's such a waste having him in this tag match." And like, I get it. When when you were thinking of Daniel Bryan's return, you weren't thinking of a tag match. You were thinking of him and AJ, him and Nakamura. But I would argue that this is actually the perfect starting point. I for... would agree. You agree? Yes. I'm, now, last <laughs> week, I was almost kind of upset that we had, did like this five-minute overtime segment where we talked about Owens and Sammy and Shane and how yeah. – what a confusing segment because – how do I possibly cheer for Shane? How do I root against Owens and Sammy? You didn't know Daniel Bryan was in the well, equation. <laughs> well, that, this is just it. This has been a top-level feud. It's the main story on SmackDown over the course of the past year that over the last like two and a half or three months has felt like completely lost or yep. stalled out, dead in the water, Frozen. however you want to yeah. call it. It's been a murky mess. I have not known what to make out of character motivations or who is in the wrong and who is in the right. Yep. And after last night, you know, they did the <laughs> exact same thing that they did to Shane McMahon, that, to Daniel Bryan, basically, and there's no way that I am cheering for Sammy and Kevin as they beat down Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I mean, if you needed to get the crowd to... Now, listen, Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn are pretty good at, at getting boos, even though I think they are pretty beloved and everyone recognizes them as talented, but... This is the moment. Like, if you need to make heels right now, they need to go on the Daniel Bryan ass-whipping tour. Get Roman Reigns a chair in his hand and hit him in the head. Hit Daniel Bryan in the head with it. Like, <laughs> you're going to have the biggest baby face at heel that's ever been seen in WWE before. But why I like this so much is because, first of all, you have the long-standing relationship with, like, like they called attention to, of Cam and, Kevin, Kevin, Sammy, and Bryan. These are guys who have an actual relationship, who are all elite-level actual in-ring wrestlers, and they're going to be able to make this look good, even though Shane McMahon is there, and even though Daniel Bryan probably can't go like he used to. That it was my favorite part of the segment, was like how loaded with truth mm. everything was. Yeah. Like, you know, Kevin and Sammy come into the ring, and they hug Daniel, and yep. they tell him how thrilled they are to be able to share this moment with him. And they sprinkle in enough character heel bits, calling the crowd sure. stupid and whatnot, Texas, and yeah, yeah. saying that they weren't even going to be at the show if not for this news and all these little things. Right. But the bulk of what they said was true. Like Sami Zayn saying, you want to argue A show, B show, any show with Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Daniel Bryan on it is the dream show. Uh, yeah. And that... Is not wrong it, at all. It's certainly, when they were standing there, it felt like the truth, I'll tell you that. That is the, one of the guys who has been the best heels of the modern era, 
against one of the best baby faces of all time. Uh, just to stay in that lane for a second, tell me if I'm crazy here, because sometimes you know you're watching it and you're looking for something, you have confirmation bias, but I felt like when Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens came down the ramp, when Sami Zayn outstretched his two arms and sort of pointed, and Owens made eye contact with Daniel Bryan, this felt like a moment to me, and maybe, again, maybe I willed it into existence, but it felt to me like those two were like, let's fucking do this, like, you're back, and we're working with you. Yeah. Like, I really got a sense no, that of course, it was electric. No, because everything that they said was true on a meta level. Yeah, of course. Like, it is a deep honor to be in the ring with him and be the first people to make him bump again, you know? That's right, yeah. All of that is true. They, they have known each other for 15 years. They are old friends. They came up together. Like, all of that stuff was true. And you get all of that... And that kind of grounds this story also. Oh, and I wrote question. about this in my piece, which is like, you know, it, it, Stone Cold Steve Austin was so popular because he was a manifestation of this late 90s workplace, working man power fantasy. Blue collar. Of, of coming home and being frustrated at your job and wanting to beat up your asshole boss. That's because right. Because everybody has had an asshole boss. Some of us even have them now. Uh, and and that is basically the same power dynamic that Sammy and Kevin have been running through with Shane McMahon, except they're supposed to be the heels, even though we're watching these working class guys being held down by a power mad authoritarian, yep. essentially, uh, like hold them down. And, and so it's gratifying to see them attack him afterwards. But when you ground everything in the reality of Daniel Bryan coming out of retirement and Daniel Bryan having these real relationships with these guys, you can ground this storyline again, too, and yes. say, you assaulted your boss, and that is not acceptable. You cannot have your job after doing that. Again, I instantly thought, when Daniel was explaining this, I was like, I'm so glad you're back. He explained that in such a, like a clairvoyant. Like, he guided me through all of these these nuances to the feud, where he talks about, listen, Shane gave you what you want. He you gave you won. a match. At WrestleMania. He gave you the one thing Dolph Ziggler has always wanted and <laughs> will never have. That's right. And and I was like, well, shoot, Daniel Bryan's right. And and Shane said, I'm going to leave. And listen, think of you 15 years ago. You have an opportunity to have a match on WrestleMania. Against each other. The grandest stage of them all. And, and you're going to turn that down to attack him? Like, I don't even recognize you. I was like... Welcome home, Daniel Bryan, you kick-ass fucking pro wrestler. But he has a gift. Like, he is able to speak, like I said earlier, and have it seem like his real thoughts. Yeah. And he's developed that gift while being on the shelf, certainly. Yeah, talking I, smack, I think you nailed it. All of this time has helped him be able to do that. But at this point, no one is better at that than him. No, literally. I, I think, consider where Daniel Bryan was, and now I think you can make a real case that he's a top five promo in the company, if last night's any sort of uh, indication of how he's going to be going forward. That is such a super pro wrestler that it's freaky, because you could make a real argument that he's also top five in ring. Absolutely. And th that is a, a shocking combination. But you don't have to convince me. He's my favorite wrestler uh, Justin, of all time. Justin, believe it or not, we have people who listen to the show. <laughs> I know you like Dan. I, listen, I guess probably all of our I would love to hear somebody who didn't really like Daniel Bryan. If you're that person, tweet in. Like, I'm curious what doesn't quite click for you. He'd be better if he was wearing Okada's pants. <laughs> Don't send that take <laughs> in. I will block you. Um, it's So, 
<laughs> this thing that Daniel Bryan's now bringing to the table, this organic, uh, so natural, so babyface, so beloved, is WWE going to capitalize on this? Yeah, absolutely. Is I mean, he going to be a champion? Even in one night, th- that storyline went from something that has been lost in the woods for months now to unequivocally the best and biggest story of the year. Oh, Dude, think of think of how all of the moments that it has had. Think of how far back it has gone. The think, cage, you, you, the the Hell in a Cell match, uh, Owens headbutting Vince, right? All of this, like the Zayn joining the Kevin entire uh, Kevin and and AJ feud, even though that eh. wasn't as good as it could have been. Yeah, like all of that stuff has all been pointing in this direction. Well, and <laughs> and, and to come back and give us this, which was. In a lot of ways, a very similar segment to the Vince McMahon headbutt segment in that, yes, we know that he has been cleared for contact, but we are still watching Kevin Owens, and in this case, with the help of Sami Zayn, attack someone who we know also is considered to be off limits for that kind of stuff. It was very similar to the Vince segment in, like, how shocking it was. I, I really, I got to steal uh, something my roommate said, Brock, the the incomparable Brock Wiederick. Uh, he said last night when we were watching it, he's like, how weird is it that like they brought in Ronda Rousey, Roman versus Brock is happening, Braun Strowman might be the tag champ, Daniel Bryan, five minutes into this episode of SmackDown, has overshadowed Every all of Every single it. one of them. Instantly. And he's, Brock was right. He looked at me, he's like, what, what are you most interested in for Mania now? And it's like, gotta be this Obviously match. this. Yeah. Like, what, what's, uh, Ronda? I don't give a shit about Ronda Rousey relative to Daniel Bryan coming back. And I thought that was a funny point. Like, he needed 10 minutes to get me more invested in him than anything else in during the WrestleMania build. Yeah, and, and we were talking a little bit earlier before the show about how you don't feel that Kevin Owens is necessarily a top guy in WWE. I don't think he's, oh, I think he's a top guy. I don't think he's ever been the top guy. Uh, I I have to make the argument here that, you know, when you consider the spot that he was in last year, yeah. I agree because he had the Universal title for all that time heading into WrestleMania, and then they took it off of him before the match that should have been for the top title totally against agree. Jericho. Yeah. So they didn't see him as the top guy there, and you could see, like, maybe... You know, in the the filmed moment, even after that match, when he goes to Vince looking for approval, yep. and doesn't get it because Vince didn't like the match, That's and right. he's like torn up about that, and he gets moved to SmackDown, and his story and motivation and all that is kind of up and down for a little while there. It's uh, it's it's a moment where he is not where he wants to be. But when you look at where he is right now, man, like, we talked about it last year with AJ and, like, how much people wanted him to be in a bigger match than that one-on-one with Shane. Yeah. But that is, in terms of what the company sees in someone, the best place to be. Because if they are trusting you with a Shane McMahon WrestleMania match... You could not be more important to them, and this is doubly so because yeah. not <laughs> only is Owens and Sammy, to an extent, being counted on to carry the Shane WrestleMania match, it's also Daniel Bryan's return match. Couldn't be, couldn't it, be bigger. It couldn't be bigger, and to put him in that position tells me that the company sees what we all see, that he could not be a bigger star, that he is basically made for life in WWE. Do you feel that way about Sammy? Not necessarily. So he- here's what I would say, and not not to go way off track here with, with Kevin Owens. 
Uh, I think they definitely see him as a top guy. All I was saying is I don't think he's had like his moment. I can't think of the moment where it's like, this is the Kevin Owens era. He is the guy. I can think of that for Daniel Bryan. I can think of that for CM Punk. Hell, I can think of that for Roman Reigns, like it or uh, lump it. I haven't felt that for Kevin Owens. I'd say he's had a number of marquee moments definitely. along the way. But yes, has not had his WrestleMania moment yet. But it, it might come in two weeks. You never know. It, shoot, it might. It's. Uh, I hope it does. But uh, it, just to circle it back to Daniel Bryan here for a second, were you surprised at how sort of... Uh, I'm sure you expected him to be over with the crowd, but that he just has them on the tip of his fingers. Like, if he needs anything, he spins around to the crowd, and they are there. Yeah, the fact that he just had that promo magic in him again immediately. It, and, like, that opening segment... Uh, just like if you believe if you fight, fight for your dreams believe, yeah. your dreams will fight for you just repeating that over and over again I hate to sound so and hyperbolic then, but that's his hard times isn't yeah. it yeah like, no absolutely it, it definitely is like people will remember fight what is it fight for what you believe <laughs> people if you will fight for your dreams yeah. your dreams will fight for you that's it <laughs> people and, will remember as I fucking forget and it. like it, it, it's like I I that's so much of why I relate to Daniel Bryan mm. like I I in much the same way that Austin tapped into this workplace dynamic. So did Brian in the uh, you know four years ago or so. He was every person who's gotten passed over for a promotion or didn't get a job that they deserve. Like yeah. he's every time you've ever been slighted professionally. Every time you don't get what you should have coming to you because you don't know the right people or you don't look the part. You know, definitely, it is impossible not to have that be. Something that you relate to professionally. Uh, and for him to come back, basically, and, and say, fight for your dreams, like, that is what I've always glommed onto with him, you right. know? Like, he's been an, uh, an avatar for my pursuit of my own insane career that nobody should try to attempt to achieve, you know? Like, sure. I feel like I'm in a fucking battle right there with him. He's my guy. And uh, and he's back. He's fighting for all of our dreams. And oh, fuck, I'm ready to love him again. I, 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 I couldn't be more ready for this. So let's have some fun here, J-Mo. Who, who do you want to see Daniel Bryan wrestle next AJ year? AJ Styles. Yeah. Do, okay, I, AJ actually isn't in my top three for Daniel Bryan. Really? Well, I've seen it before. And, and it was great. Uh, but I think he can make Nakamura. No, you're absolutely right. I think now again it has to be face first face basically, but I think he can work the style that like gets Nakamura attention uh, by by the more casual WWE audience. I'd love to see that match. Um, the Miz, yeah, the Miz is obviously the dream feud that they've been building for. I'm glad they're not doing it for a Mania, long time though. now. To be clear, I'm glad they're not doing it for Mania. It it could be. I don't even know how they'll do it because I don't think Miz Survivor Series, the only oh, show yeah. where Raw and SmackDown interact. Yeah, it's got to be. No, I'm looking forward to a number of feuds from him, man. I'm even looking forward to seeing him like face Finn. Like, there's no number. All of the guys that I listed off in the previous round of guys who have like been handed the mantle since he had it. I want to see him. Face every single one of those guys. A scale of 1 to 10, how happy are you that Daniel Bryan's back? 15. <laughs> Speaking of 15. That was 16 minutes, but you know what? <laughs> 
I could talk about Daniel Bryan all fucking day. Do you want to? No. I mean, unless there's more questions about him in the listener mailbag. I actually told listeners not to send in questions about <laughs> Daniel Bryan because I was like, we're doing two rounds on the guy. We, we probably don't need it. But we do have questions, Justin. It's one of my favorite parts of the show. It's when we go into the uh, Twitter mailbag and we, we answer some of the questions. You looking forward to this? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. All right. Our first question this week comes to us from the Johnson superfan, Blair. Pachico! Blair asks, As wrestling fans, do we romanticize eras too much? I.e., the Attitude Era, ECW, etc. Um, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Right? Who Very could much argue so. otherwise? You know, it's it's we talk about this from time to time. Wrestling has never been better than it is right now. I'll say this. Wrestling's certainly never been deeper. Like, if you look at whatever you, in your mind you think of the, the Attitude Era, or ECW's a, it's a hit or miss, but, but the lower cards of these shows are pretty worthless, generally speaking. And uh, while modern-day WWE will complain sometimes that the, the matches are thin, at least it's like it's going to open with a great wrestling match, and that doesn't really exist for most of the Attitude Era. Uh, so, yeah, I say a big time yes. You, you agree there, JMO? Yeah, I mean, we've gone back m- multiple times and watched Attitude Era shows, and, like, the plot lines sometimes hang up uh, or hold up, sometimes don't. The matches almost always don't, you know? <laughs> That's like, such a good way of barring, putting it. Barring, like, a handful of main event level talents, like, it, the golden sheen is just pure nostalgia and nothing else. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, 100% true. So, double yeses from us, Blair. Uh, Jamo, you want to hit me with the next question? This one comes to us from Dong Yovani. <laughs> that's <laughs> at, a nice name. At Schumacher. He asks, New Japan Cup tournament slash result. Okay, uh, great question. So uh, I watched the final of the – have you seen – do you know the result? I know the result, okay. and I didn't watch as many shows during the cup tournament as I would have liked because I've just been sick, and, and being busy. sick makes me exhausted, and I just come home and pass out, and I, I don't stay up until 3 in the morning watching Japanese wrestling lately, unfortunately. But I do know that Zack Sabre Jr. had a hell of a road to wow. get to the final. Uh, and I think this was the best match of the tournament that I saw, to be clear. I mostly only watched the main events of each of these. But I watched Tanahashi and Zack Sabre Jr. this morning at about 8 a.m. as I was uh, reading an asshole email from my boss. And uh, I was blown away by this match. I, I was I was having so much... I, I don't want to get too much in the spots because you haven't seen it, and I think it's really worth watching. I'm going to go back and watch it yeah. for sure. Uh, but in terms of a question, just wanted to talk about it a little bit. I think it's the right choice. I think Zack Sabre Jr. can really do a lot for New Japan. He works a style that listeners of the show definitely know is very in my wheelhouse in terms of what I enjoy. I still think he needs to put the stink on some of these moves a little more um, like he used to. He's definitely softening up. Like if you go back and watch the Roderick Strong match from PWG, it's like he is torquing on this dude's arm. And he doesn't do that as much anymore. But uh, I think sky's the limit for Zack Sabre Jr. in New Japan. I'm not saying maybe, – maybe not uh, the absolute top, but I don't know why he couldn't be holding a mid-card title this year. What do you think? Uh, I mean, clearly they have plans for him if they're giving him these victories. Yeah. You know, not just against uh, Tanahashi in the final, but he beat Naito in yep. round one. Who was who, he against in round two? <laughs> it's like completely slipping I, my mind now. I can't now. even remember. What do you think? Did you see what the cup itself looks like, Justin? No, I did not. It's a hell of a trophy. This thing looks kick-ass. I, I literally want to know if they get to keep it because I would store it in my house because it's extremely dope-looking. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm very happy with the result, and I think uh, Zack Sabre Jr. deserves a really good year ahead of him. He's a hell of a pickup for New Japan. Yeah, he went through Naito, 
Abushi, Sonata, and Tanahashi on his way to the cup. Wow, I'm about to sound like a real idiot. I did not know he wrestled Sonata, and I have not watched that match. Uh, that is one of the ones that I have seen. Okay. It was wonderful. Okay, so it sounds like between Justin and I, there was a, a hell of a run there. I didn't, man, I feel, I feel uh, exposed. No, uh, I, you know, th- there's only so much time to watch these things. There's so much wrestling, and uh, I got something to plug at the end of the show, too, that I've been working on also, so it's been a busy time. All right. Uh, here, Justin, are you ready for uh, what I could only call another question? Yeah, let's do it. Comes to us from at Fruits Are Edible. Fruits Are Edible. Our buddy Craig Tamlin, he asks, how can I get less annoyed when certain wrestlers oversell the same injury every match? I.e., Finn's neck slash throat, Roman's shoulders. Should wrestling drop the frequency of in-match kayfabe injuries? This is a hell of a question. Uh, well, let me put it to you in this way. Yeah. Cesaro <laughs> has been selling the same shoulder. <laughs> For two years. It's getting to the point where the it's like an anti-advertisement for that tape. Where it's like, yeah. this shit doesn't work. Yeah, oh, like, boy, go still. see a fucking doctor. Yeah, what or, are you doing? Or I think, again, listeners of the show will know that uh, I know that you don't like that I rail on Seth Rollins sometimes. No, I don't, because I love him. But the, the knee is he's a great my, example. He's my man. No, but I'll it's, tell you, Craig, this is how you stop letting it bother you so much. Just chill the fuck out, man. Really? This doesn't bother you ever. Not really. Uh, I share very much in Craig's. I, I just don't know how long you're expected to sell the same injury for. Like, is, is yeah, no, I would always going to be bad? I would like if Seth stopped doing the knee because it makes all of his matches feel the same. That's the exactly psychology the, of all of them feels the same lately. Uh, somebody, I forget who it was, I, I believe it was Book of Blue, correctly calls out that Dean Ambrose is also horrible for this. Like, he always sells damage in the same way, like stumbling. Like, it's not even, like, one part. Of, and it does give a sameness to their match. I, I, Say what you will about Dolph Ziggler. What's that? The man can sell, and he'll sell something different every time. You know? Oh, will you stop? You, I'm not talking about Ziggler selling. I could do an hour on it. <laughs> yeah, finishers only look great because you have to sell them like death. Don't sell a punch that way. But your offense isn't believe. Next question. Comes to how us. do you solve it? Yes, how we solve it. Guys just have to do it less. I, I fully agree with yeah, you. Yeah, you but you could also just choose to be less annoyed by it. You know. It's like hard for me to ignore. Something that's just grating on you uh, because you're choosing to be a stickler in some ways. But sometimes you can't unsee it, right? Like, once you are a hardcore... It's like, I can never watch a band in the same way. Like, you know... I'm sure you're the same for broadcasting. Like, sometimes you feel like you know the sausage is made and you can't oh, yeah. disconnect. It's like I can't even watch pornos anymore. Why? Because I know how to edit videos and also <laughs> I know how to do interviews. <laughs> so when they do, like, that little back and forth on the couch at the start, yeah. it's like... Jesus, this line of questioning is <laughs> terrible. Makes no sense. Yeah, it's the same for me because I know how to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> Want to hit me with the next question? Sure, this, like this one comes to us from Lorenzo Meow, our friend Doug, Doug Crap, who was banned from Twitter earlier this week, but is back once again. Hashtag justice for Doug Crap. Uh, a hashtag that only I partook in. Justice for Doug. Uh, he asks, who would be your dream wrestler? that Braun Strowman chooses as his partner for WrestleMania? Wow. Uh, this is a great question. So uh, I think in terms of a like a kayfabe dynamic, for Braun to be viable against uh, a tag team of the quality of the bar, his tag partner has to suck. It has to be a situation where he has a tag partner who is many tiers below him in like a strength so ranking. So you're thinking Elias. Like, uh, that Symphony of Destruction is yeah. now a tag team. 
Hmm. See, Elias wasn't who I had in my mind, but I actually kind of like that Elias and Strowman in a way. It, it, the look works. It gives Elias something to do at Mania. But I was actually thinking uh, a returning James Ellsworth is kind of the perfect guy for, oh. for Braun Strowman here. You're it, not wrong there. It closes the loop of how uh, James Ellsworth got his introduction to and, WWE. And my goodness, if Carmella tried to cash in and oh. failed... At the same oh pay-per-view where James Ellsworth becomes a tag champion. Well, I think it lets them not put the tag belts on Braun, which is necessary. No, I want I want Braun to get the belts. Yeah? Yeah. The he's first never, belt he holds is He's never tag? had gold, man. That's such a common place for someone to start. I, and you could do it in a cool way I f- by not having him have a weak-ass partner, by giving him someone who's a dope partner, by building a monster tag team with Samoa Joe. Oh, whoa. That are like your perfect foils to call up the authors of pain oh. and put them head-to-head in a massive Hoss battle that could run for like four months. I love that idea. I, I don't know who I want to lose in that because it seems like on your debate you want to win. But well, ultimately it, they would lose through some sort of dissolution of their team, right? And it would become a Strowman Braun feud. feud afterwards. I think that's a hell of an answer. If I'm being honest, if Joe's good to go, I'd watch the fuck out of those two wrestling. He's also so much. He can do so much that Braun can't. I don't mean to slight Braun, but he does have his limitations in ring, which Samoa Joe shares none of. I do just want to say, like, it felt weird to me that the first belt Bray held was the tags, and I think I'd feel the same about Strowman. Like, I feel like Bray would have felt cooler if his first belt was the world title, and I kind of feel that way about uh, uh, Braun, too. But who knows? Maybe it'd be dope. It's such an Attitude Era thing to use the tag team titles as like a stepping stone towards a feud for top guys. Totally. Yeah. Like think of like Austin and Undertaker being tag champions together. Yeah. You know? that's a, or even rock and salt connection famously. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's, but I to defend my answer a little bit. I just feel like you can create a lot of moments between Braun and Ellsworth interplay. Uh, and if Braun, I can see them doing a horrible bump to Ellsworth and Braun just sort of leaves them for dead and just like goes after them like a, an absolute beast. I think there's legs to it, but but Samoa Joe's a hell of an answer too. I like both those a lot. Uh, before we move on yeah. from that, we mentioned briefly James Ellsworth and Carmella for a second. Yeah. There's two things that I want to talk about with each of them before we get to the next question. Hit me, baby, one more and time. that is... Uh, of course, James Ellsworth was announced for Joey Janela's Spring Break 2 this week. That's right. very Taking exci- on Matt Riddle. Dude, I am so excited for Spring Break, I can't even tell you. This card rules. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good, and I absolutely loved the announcement video. They got around all of the rights issues with WWE by, like, shooting the action figures so and, like, fun. toy versions of the belts that he was up against. And... Um, just a very funny video with Matt Riddle not taking him seriously at all. Dude, all of the marketing for Spring Break. I, I know that it certainly plays to like some of the things I like in wrestling, but the the wrestling arcade video, just like the announcement for Spring Break, I, I think it's all been... I think it's going to feel like a huge show. It feels like the hot ticket this weekend. I saw John Pollock tweet out this week that tickets for it went faster than for Supercard of Honor. And now there's venue size differences, but I, I still think that's worth noting. Like, if you're there, people want to go to Janela's Beach Party. It's pretty impressive. Pretty cool. And the, the follow-up thing was yeah. with Carmella who, of course, had another failed cash-in attempt this week. I was actually kind of excited when she ran out, to be honest. But I'm glad that they did that because it introduced a new possible finish to Asuka and Charlotte. Go ahead. Because we are putting, like, title versus streak on the line here, and I think a lot of us assume that that we're going to lose this result, you know, because here's the thing. For me, Charlotte versus Asuka is the women's equivalent of Roman versus Brock. 
Yeah. Not yeah. so much in like how I think about Roman, no, but, but the, how the company does. The two obviously. people who are best at fighting, fighting exactly. for the belt. Yeah. And now we were able to stretch out a definitive result between Brock and Roman for three whole years. It's true. <laughs> it seems like a waste to give away a clean finish in Charlotte and Asuka here because that's something that you should be able to stretch, if not a longer feud out of on SmackDown for the next several months, then certainly something that can last a lot longer. Maybe not as long as Roman and Brock, yeah. but something that should be bigger than just this short build to yeah. what we're going to get coming up here. So you and, think- if, and if we get that by Carmella cashing in her briefcase at WrestleMania. Which you are getting. And then taking the pinfall in the match. Yep. I think that's a great use. It's not a bad way to go. Uh, I could get into that. I just don't know why she would do it until it was, like, after the match. Well, just exactly what Seth did. Exactly what she did on SmackDown this week. Yeah, I guess it would be like Run in in the middle of the both of them looking dead. She's thinking she can take either one of them. Yep. So you don't have Asuka being pinned if you want to keep the belt on Charlotte. Yeah. Or you don't have... Charlotte taking a clean loss to Asuka. I don't think Asuka can walk out of Mania with the belt. I don't think that can happen. Really? I don't think they can put her on SmackDown. You can't have her and Charlotte on the same show all I think year. you need to have her and Ronda on separate shows. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah, I guess, I guess you could. I, either way, I think you're getting the Carmella cash in. Justin, I'm going to move on to our next question Sure, here. go for it. It comes from us through Good Branson Vietnam at Book of Loop. And he asks, Kayfabe and Angle where a wrestling pariah and a janitor... Not only become hashtag good friends, but also a tag team. Because, buddy, I have questions about that. <laughs> so so I followed up with them, and we have to book uh, how we meet, a gimmick, and a feud. Okay. So so what are you doing as the wrestling pariah? What, what's happening? I'm, I'm, like, drunk at a bar. <laughs> okay. Talking to anyone who will listen <laughs> sure. about what's going to happen at WrestleMania next year. Okay, yep. I'm not even <laughs> I'm not even talking about WrestleMania two weeks from now. You're talking I'm way. Obviously, I'm already digging into the sheets, <laughs> talking about the long-term plans for Mania 35. Okay. And nobody wants to listen to me. Except for? And, and I just keep... You know, burying myself deeper and deeper in the drink <laughs> until I wind up just throwing up everywhere. Oh, that's disgusting. Making Hope I don't have to clean that up. Big awful mess. So glad I don't have to clean that and up. In comes the guy with a bunch of sawdust and a mop. Oh no! And it's the janitor himself. It's me. And I and suddenly <laughs> I'm I'm still drunk and I'm like, hey, WrestleMania 35, <laughs> and you're you're suddenly you like perk up from your mop and you're like. You're speaking my language, <laughs> and uh, and and uh, you know, sudden, and the rest is history. So we're sitting there, we bond over wrestling, and we we decide that we're going to become a formidable tag team. Yeah, because we're talking about what's going to happen at WrestleMania 35, and eventually one of us is like, "I tell you what's going to happen. You and I are going to win the tag team titles." <laughs> <laughs> Justin is our tag name. Hashtag good friends. Uh, I don't know. I think it has to be. No one's done the hashtag it's, tag team. Yeah, yet. that might be it. Uh, I feel like DIY was kind of a hashtag tag team name. Oh yeah, that's true. I suppose. Um, but regard no, what I, I the 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 name that I gave us on WWE 2K18 was which you never played along with. Yeah, was the cleanup crew. I like the cleanup crew. I think it's a good name. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good. We could do cleanup. It feels kind of like lower mid-card, the cleanup crew. I guess, yeah. We're main eventers. That's true. Uh, but you know what? I mean, if Bludgeon Brothers is working, 
I came around on Bludgeon Brothers this week. How too. could you not? That was so like, dope. Harper's just so good. He's so and like, good. Even though I'm not sold on their gimmick, I understand the presence that's required because you now have two incredible tag team, uh, like tag team babyface teams. Yeah. In the Usos and the New Day, who could not be more over, who need villains to rally around and i'm not super thrilled with bludgeon brothers being those villains sure but i understand that they are very much needed well and listen and i'm looking forward to that match if you're too. gonna have those two baby face teams wrestle each other again adding in a tower who can wrestle his ass off like luke harper i, I think it's gonna make for some memorable moments oh hell yeah uh just our next question this week comes to us from brandon o'connor at boofer oc and he asks would money in the bank work as a tournament pay-per-view i mean how is that different than what we constantly propose of them bringing back King of the Ring and it, putting the SummerSlam title match on the line as the finish? See, see, what he pitched was it ends in a one-on-one ladder match for the Money in the Bank. Uh, I don't I think like, that's as fun. No, I like the multi-man. Yeah, and I'm I with also you. like that it's all the guys who aren't in the title picture at the time. That's the thing. It's it's sort of a um, a christening in a way. Of yeah, the, the next it, wave. It's a unique upper mid card coronation match that's, that's right gimmicky as hell but super fun yeah and doesn't feel overused because like we get some other t- uh like ladder matches over the course of the year but none of them feel as important as this one no i agree and and so, so to answer the question i think it would work but i just like the matter of separate ideas there yeah. should be a tournament pay-per-view and I, I like money in the bank as it is in fact i don't like money in the bank uh each show having one well i, I mean that's kind of how they do it in the build-up anyways right it's like Oh, it's, yeah. it's like how they built up to Elimination Chamber. Yep. Have 12 matches. one-on-one qualifying matches, and the six winners are the guys who go in. But as a rule, more tournaments. I like tournaments. Let's do it. But Hell not yeah. with money in the bank. Hell yeah. Justin, you want to hit me with another question? I would love to. Okay. This one <laughs> comes to us from my roommate, Mike Noble, <laughs> who says, If you had to get a wrestler's attire completely tattooed on you... Which wrestler slash attire would you pick? And I have a perfect answer for this. Goldust? Naked Midian. (laughs) (laughs) Josh is getting up. The show is over. Folks, he's leaving. He's done. He's out of here. Well, um, I guess yeah. Min- something minimal is better. So somebody who just wears trunks, I guess it was yeah, cool. So like trunks. Stone Cold or like Finn Balor. Yeah, I like Punk's trunks a lot with the stars, but I wouldn't get it tattooed on me. Um, jeez, I don't know. Yeah. Because uh, then, yeah, every time you like get naked, you're gonna have to explain that you have like trunks tattooed. That my dick has a star that on you're, it. Like, never nude, basically. Because <laughs> that clothes is clothes tattooed on you. There are dozens of us. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Who is maybe? Uh, how about Rikishi's diaper? Because uh, that just like leaves a bunch of your ass exposed. Hey, tell your friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be good. I don't know. First, the, the, honestly, Naked Midian was the yeah. first name I thought of. It's the it's best answer. It's definitely the best but answer. But then I followed it up with like probably Stone Cold. Yeah, some sort of minimal black trunk thing. Or, no, you know what I would do? What's that? Bo Dallas. The singlet? The white. The white oh, trunks. It matches your skin better. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great go. Um, yeah, I'll say something. I don't have an answer for this question. Naked Midian was the funniest possible <laughs> answer. That's the answer. I, I say Naked Midian, too. Good one, J-Mo. Thank you. Uh, Justin, our final question this week, and I'm glad we got him in here, is from I am Coke now at Coca-Cola LLC, and he asks, 
Assume we are playing WWE Clue, so like the board game Clue. Okay. But it is Vince who has been found dead. Who are the suspects? Who did it? With what? And where? Uh, Triple H is definitely a suspect. I was just about to say Triple H definitely did. He has the most to gain. (laughs) Uh, Shane McMahon is a suspect also. Yep. Because uh, he's not going to get the inheritance that he would like. It's going to go to Triple H probably instead. What about Roman Reigns? Because I hear the back really doesn't like him after he cut that shoot promo uh, two Uh, weeks ago. Yeah, of course. He's got heat with Vince. Yeah, the back is very mad at me (laughs) for using these terms. They're going to be like... like, uh, did this man have any known enemies? <laughs> uh, actually, Roman Reigns got pretty up, much up in his grill and then got suspended and then beaten up while he was handcuffed. So I think Roman has plenty of motive, honestly. Are you saying he had heat? <laughs> uh, yeah, so th- th- maybe well, that's our suspect list. When it comes to the litter of <laughs> suspects in this trial, there's only one. Big dog. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um, I mean, we saw Austin and KO both maul him this year. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I guess that's, that's sort of your suspect list. But, man, I'm not really willing to get away from Triple H did it. Triple H definitely did it. He seems the most likely. He did he, it with the sledgehammer. He absolutely did it. Uh, and, no, he did it with the book. What do you mean? He, well, that's what he's that's what he's getting out of it, right? Is right. control of the book. <laughs> I guess that's true. So he literally bludgeoned the old man to death oh. with like the diary that wrestling is written in. <laughs> that is, he threw the book at him. You might say, "Yeah, okay, hello." Uh, and he did it in Connecticut, I suppose. Yeah, in Stanford. So there we go. I, you, you ever notice how the guy was like, "Hey, Canada, it's me, it's your buddy, it's your pal." Yeah, that I'm guy. Scott Stanford. That guy's always excited. Yeah, aren't you always like? Eh, it's kind of weird that you're named after the town <laughs> WWE set in. Yeah, can you stop making it so obvious you want to work for them? Because we, well, we know that, that those are fake names, right? Like yeah. Arno Cal became Kyle Edwards. Yeah, uh, Renee Paquette became Renee Young. Exactly. So Scott Stanford, I mean, he might be named Scott Stanford, but it no. seemed more like Scott and uh, uh, where are we, pal? <laughs> Stanford. Hey, buddy, old pal. Yeah, and that's he's always like, it's me, your friend. Like, he ain't my friend. Fuck him. I love him. He's my second favorite character. Oh, <laughs> well, uh, Gil, before we round out the show, uh, do you mind if I uh, ask you a question yeah, about... about- I don't see what could possibly be wrong with so that. So I, I hate giving you airtime, but I am curious, Gil. Uh, we know WWE Experience is your favorite show. Yep. Charlie Caruso, your favorite character. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite wrestler? Uh, didn't I just say Scott Stanford? <laughs> Scott Stanford is not a wrestler. Uh, he wrestles in my mind every night. <laughs> All right, Scott Stanford. Close my eyes. Okay. I just see him. He's well, thanks, Gil. He's this my is, friend, and he's doing all the moves. Enlightening, as always. And he tells me to go to shop.com. <laughs> shop.com? Get all dressed up for the big shows that are coming to town. <laughs> you just go to shop.com? Yeah, you type in shop.com, and uh, the wrestling gear is there. Gil, actually, after hearing you do this, I have kind of an interesting idea. Oh, what's that? Um, I don't know if uh, Justin, your roommate, has uh, filled you in, but uh, we have a, a a Patreon where people can go and uh, donate money. Have you heard of this before? I'm not familiar. Okay, so basically this, people... This a new uh, fangled internet thing? Yeah. You I could... just got Twitter on my phone. That's the big thing could, for could, me. I... Could, could you just do an ad for us like you did for shop.com? It's patreon.com sure. slash top All right. Okay. So another... Yeah. Hey, Canada, it's me, <laughs> your friend and pal, Gil. I'm uh, here to tell you about all the exciting stuff going on in your Top Marks News Slam. <laughs> 
Joshua and Justin are going to be uh, recording a special episode about NXT TakeOver Arrival. Okay. And Do you know what that is? Uh, it's a network special, I believe. Really? Okay, you're getting better, Yeah, Gil. yeah. I know a few things. They don't seem you, like it. You fucking <laughs> ingrate punk. <laughs> I ought to slap you around some more, you bitch. Hey, don't call me that. <laughs> Fuck you. Anyways, Canada, it's your Stop <laughs> Marks News Slam. Uh, head on over to patreon.com slash topmarks. $5 a month will get you the bonus content you've come to know and love from these boys. Well, thanks, Gil, for doing that. I appreciate it, man. No problem. Don't forget to head on over to topmarksshop.com <laughs> yeah, you'll to find... get your clothes before you listen to the big show. <laughs> yeah, we all... Anyway, goodbye. Bye, Gil. See you in two weeks or so. Hopefully not next week. Just... It's me, your old pal. Bye. Uh, Justin, uh, that's that's the end of our show this week. It is. It seems like this was a shorter episode. Um, I mean, it's still kind of long. It's how long? Like an hour and thirty-five minutes. Oh my gosh, I don't know how we I do. I know, it. right? It's just we have fun. We, we have a good time. Time flies. Yeah, I agree. We need to let less questions in. That's a that's mm. a good call. Uh, Justin, I be- didn't say that. <laughs> Justin, before we go, uh, do you know the the Rio Theater here in town? I do know the Rio Theater. Uh, one of the the best buildings. Uh, I think it's probably the single best place in Vancouver. If there's one building that I don't want to shut down, it's the Rio Theater. I'm donating all significant amount of money to keep them open so I would agree. And you were lending your money I am lending my talents Justin because on uh, April 1st they're doing a 30 hour telethon that's going to be broadcast on Shaw TV here and also on YouTube Uh, they're doing 30 hours of performances and uh, it's $30 to get in for two days April 1st to 2nd there's going to be acts running from 6pm on April 1st to midnight on April 2nd jam packed with a ton of amazing. it's some of Vancouver's best talent uh, but I I will be playing it uh, at I think 11.30 on the first night so uh, all the money goes to saving the Rio, which is being shut down by corporate fat cats. Uh, come on out. Come see us play. There's lots of other good acts. And, I'll be uh, there. Justin's going to be there, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So so come on out. All right. No room for old Gil. You better stay the fuck away, Gil. Right, why didn't they invite me to be on the fucking telephone? That's enough airtime for you, If Gil. they want to stay open That's forever, I'll tell like- you. I got the entertainment juice to keep them on the air. That's uh, what I'm saying. I'm sure they'll be reaching out to you to perform. So that's my band, Chica. Come see us at the Rio. It's, I'm uh, it's doing a... the Charleston, Joshua. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, and uh, just anything else you'd like to say this no, week? Just come on out to the Penny once again. Commercial and Gravely every single Monday, 4 to 8. Cheap beers, $3 baskets of bistro fries. Whoa. The food is on special. The drinks are on special. I got... Double highballs for seven dollars. I got red truck beers for five fifty. Oh. I got special pizzas, special burgers. I got nachos. How, how are and the nachos? Again, if you come on out wearing a wrestling T-shirt, your first beer is on me. Oh, so you got no excuses. You have to be there. It is the place in Vancouver to watch Raw each and every week. Would love for you to join us. And I, uh, I, I love it. Yeah, and I'll tell you how those nachos are. Yeah, I'm wondering. Yeah, there's some jalapenos on there. Oh, so okay. So they can be, be, like, a little hot. Okay, all right. Now, sometimes a guy likes to put maybe some some banana pepper, something that's going to make it a, a little more spicy, because you know what that does. Yeah, of course. Makes it spicy. And then uh, that leads to it. Tasting great. Because? Our chef is <laughs> Curry Man! <laughs> wah, wah, wah! Titus Worldwide! Yes, 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 Justin, yes, Justin, yes. Justin. Yes. Justin. Yes. 
It was a good show. Yeah. I felt good about this. Oh, week's. me too. It's last week's I thought was was just trash. Not a good episode. Yeah. This week's. Well, I scared the people away with my Okada takes in the first 10 minutes. I couldn't believe no Nobody one. Nobody complained. Be- well, one person said that it didn't make sense to them that I could defend Dolph Ziggler but think Okada is boring. And here's the thing. Hmm. Nobody is telling me that Dolph Ziggler is the greatest wrestler who ever right. lived. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I appreciate him as a complimentary piece, which is probably what Okada is also. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to say, whoever that was, I fully stand in solidarity with Justin. <laughs> Suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> that was Danger Boy. 69420. <laughs> 69 my ass. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>